0: What's up, everybody? Hope you're doing great. Hope you're having an awesome weekend, an awesome day. Those of you watching online, welcome. We're so glad you're connecting with us. I'm really excited about these next several weeks because we're going to be launching into a new series. Uh, One of the things that we really, really do uh, just Our our very best at is to make sure that we're talking about relevant things and biblical things and teaching you things that that will help us grow, that will stretch us and challenge us, help us to go deeper. And so over these next several weeks, weeks, we're going to be diving into a series called The Holy Spirit Revealed. We're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit on deep levels and things that we need. And and just because we need to understand who this Holy Spirit is, Uh, Right? We understand, uh, you know, God the Father and Jesus, but, you know, sometimes we have some questions about the Holy Spirit, and so maybe you're a new believer, you're new to following Christ, and you have some questions about the Holy Spirit, Uh, but I'll tell you what, we are going to be going at this with a biblical foundation to eliminate any uncertainty that you might have, because you may have some questions about the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we have questions about God, about Jesus, and, and certainly about the Holy Spirit. And so if that's you, like if you have some questions or you want to go deeper with the Holy Spirit, this is going to be for you. Uh, because maybe you're a new believer, or, or maybe you went to a church uh, that didn't really talk about the Holy Spirit in the past. Maybe you know, the previous church that you went to, they, they kind of you know, stayed away from that uh, and teaching on that, and, and that's totally fine. I get that. Or maybe you just you haven't really done your own independent Bible study, on the Holy Spirit to kind of dive into to who he is and, and, and how he is active in our life. And so, you know, most of us just uh, we're okay with you know the, the first two parts of the Trinity, but when you come to the Holy Spirit, oftentimes we we're, it's like a little bit intimidating, isn't it? I mean, come on, there's a little bit of mystique when you come to the Holy Spirit. And so because of that, what happens is unfortunately, because if there's something we don't understand or we have some questions or it's unclear we distance ourselves from that. We go, oh, well, I'll just leave that over there. You know, I'll, I'll put that over there on the shelf and, and I don't really need to deal with that. And so I just I think because of that, uh, we are missing out on some things. I believe that God has more for us. You know, the Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity and part of who He is. And I just feel like God wants us to live a spirit empowered life. That's what he wants for us. That's what he desires. And so let's go ahead and pause right now. I want to pray uh, for this message, for this series, for this, uh, for us to receive what God has for us. And so, Lord God, we come before you. And Father, we recognize that you're our Father. And that's wonderful, and that's amazing. But Lord, we also recognize there are different pieces to you. Uh, and, and, and God, we see that your son and, and who he is and what he did. And, and so, Father, would you reveal uh, to us your spirit? Uh, who he is, what he does, what that looks like, and our connection with him. Uh, Father, I know that you desire us to, to know you more and to experience you more. So would you speak to us? Would you communicate through your word uh, and your scripture and, Lord, through me? Uh, and we make ourselves available to hear from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, you know, when you start out and talk about the Holy Spirit, you know, just... There's some groundwork that we've got to lay. Uh, and so just the, the reality that the Holy Spirit is the third person in the Trinity is something that we've got to lay out. Uh, and, and, and the Holy Spirit is actually talked about all throughout Scripture, from beginning to end. You know, when, even when you look in the, in the beginning in, in Genesis, uh, you understand what, when it says that the Spirit of God Hovered over the waters. And so, what is that? That's the Holy Spirit. So, we see right out of the gate the Holy Spirit's active. When, when you look at different people, different biblical figures throughout the Old Testament, in, in, in the end of Genesis, you have Joseph. Joseph is an incredible leader. Well, why? Because the Holy Spirit is inside of him. The Holy Spirit is giving him insight, giving him wisdom. Are you kidding me? That, that young man led as the second highest leader in Egypt. How? Because the Holy Spirit was inside of him, communicating him, showing, giving him dreams and visions, speaking to him constantly. When you look at Joshua, as Joshua leads the people of Israel back to to take over the promised land that God had given to them, how does Joshua get this supernatural anointing to lead, to overtake those that are living there in the land? It's through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the only way to describe it. When you see the miraculous things happen, it's through the Spirit of God. And even when King David sinned against God, he sins with Bathsheba, one of the things that he says is, God, please do not take your spirit from me. He understood the importance of it. He understood his sin and and repentance, but he, he did not want to feel the disconnection from the Lord's Spirit. And then, gosh, all the way through the Old Testament, you have the words of the prophets You know, you have the inspiration of the Holy Spirit that they're speaking things, words from God to the people through the inspiration of of the Spirit. And then you get into the New Testament, you know, right out of the gate you get into the Gospels. Well, you, you see that Mary conceives Jesus through how? Through the power of the Holy Spirit, it's miraculous. It's amazing. It's incredible. And, and then in Jesus' life, he, he gets baptized, you know, and, and and so you have this amazing thing take place where literally the sky opens up, heaven, heaven comes open, and and the Holy Spirit descends down on Jesus. And so to me, you know, when I look at Jesus as our Savior, that's amazing, that's awesome. But even he had the Holy Spirit descend upon him. And so when I go, well, I want to follow Jesus. I want to be a Christ follower. I want to be passionate for that. And and hopefully you do as well. One of the things that we know or that we need to realize that we need is for the Holy Spirit to descend on us as well and what that looks like. Because then as you move towards the the beginning of the early church in the book of Acts of the Apostles, uh, you have the Holy Spirit being poured out on Pentecost. You have miracles and signs and wonders take place. And so that's where it starts to get a little bit confusing and the mystique comes in for us as human beings. Why? Because you have, you know, tongues c- comes into the picture, right? But, but we under, have to understand that, that the Holy Spirit is the one that draws us to Christ. It, we, the reason that we all know Christ, or that, that, that you know Christ, um, is because of the movement of the Holy Spirit in your life. Because this is what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 3. It says, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except By the Holy Spirit. And so he draws us in. Draws us in to have connection with him. To have relationship with him. And so we receive the spirit. In our lives when we commit our life to Christ. But I know whenever you talk about the Holy Spirit. A lot of us have kind of this. Different image. You know, what, 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 picture the Holy Spirit right now. What does he look like? You know, it's like, oh, you know, when we look at God the Father, you know, we, oftentimes we see this, you know, old, generally older man, you know, with a beard or a white beard or, you know, that kind of thing. And then you have Jesus and, you know, younger man type thing. And so where's the Holy Spirit? It's like, well, he's a ghost. It's like, ah, you know, he's scared of ghosts. Like everybody's scared of ghosts. And and so I just think that there's this negative connotation with the Holy Spirit uh, because, you know, it, it is a little bit intimidating or or maybe you... Uh, had an experience where other people were praying in tongues. And you're going, whoa, like what in the world is this? What's going on? And so the reason speaking in tongues is strange is because it is a supernatural personal prayer language. But here's the reality, like tongues is biblical. You can read it about in scripture. Uh, Do you understand it when somebody's saying it? No, but it is real and it's a gift of the Holy Spirit. That's one of the things that I want to be very clear about. The the Holy Spirit gives us a number of different types of gifts, and tongues absolutely can be one of them. So if it's from God, if if it's a gift from Him, it can't be bad. Like it can't be a bad thing, but it's difficult for us to grasp. And so because of that, oftentimes we just discredit the Holy Spirit and all that the Holy Spirit is just because we don't understand one little piece of how He might move in our life. And so I just, I think that's unfortunate because it's unfamiliar or strange. We just, we get rid of everything that the Holy Spirit does in our life. And I I just think that there's more for us. Several years ago, uh, my family and I, we went up to North Carolina uh, and just to, to, we rented a cabin for the week and super cool, just amazing. You did some hiking and some fishing, just, just had time as a family, you know, disconnected from the world, went out into the woods, walked around, and, and that's just, is amazing, and, and so one of these times we were, were doing this hike, it, if you've ever hiked before, you know that you kind of go on the trail, and then there's a switchback, and, and you cut back, because you can't, you, well, you can go straight up the mountain, but you'll die, uh, but, you know, after a few hundred yards, so you kind of switch back, but, you know, uh, around the mountain, so uh, when you're taking young kids on a hike, it's cool and fun, they throw rocks and sticks, and, you know, the leaves, and they're kicking them, and they're watching the squirrels, and it's super cool, until... They kind of reach their limit of walking, and then they're like dragging and they're pulling their feet and they're please carry me and it's you know as a parent, if you've ever done that, you go all right, let's just kind of go back <laughs> this is this is not going to be much fun so so we're we're there we're walking you know for a while we're we're maybe halfway and and the boys start dragging their feet and we're like, "Come on, this is great, we love this, this is family time and 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 they 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 start realizing they're going. When do we get to the top, right? Because that's the goal. Right? When, when you're hiking, you're, we're going to go to the top of the mountain and, and look off the mountain, look off the go-. Well, when, Dad? You know, because when they look down the trail, all they see is another turn, right? I mean, if you've ever been hiking for, how long is this trail? All you see is another turn, another switchback, and they don't know what's after that. And so the reality is, is when you and I are on this path, when we're pursuing after the Lord, when we're walking after him, sometimes we don't see all that we need to see, we just see another turn and another trail that we're to walk on. But if we continue on and we walk down that path, then eventually we come to this vista. We come to the top and, and we experience God in all his glory. We experience the fullness you know, of who he is. And we come and we look out over the top and we see the mountain range and we see where we've come from. And that's exactly what it looks like when we have the Holy Spirit. We may be walking through our life and and, and kind of grinding things out, but then all of a sudden God just kind of peels things back, and we see the Holy Spirit. He reveals his glory in our life. And I'll tell you what, that's exactly what God wants for you. Is every single day this this amazing thing? No. There's sometimes work. It's a challenge, and, and we have to push through, and we have to have perseverance. But I'll tell you what, every once in a while, God just kind of peels back heaven, doesn't he? He kind of pulls the drapes back. He opens up the sky, and we get to experience him in all his glory through his Holy Spirit. And so I just, I hope that's an encouragement to you, that you would have an open mind uh, to who, the, who this Holy Spirit is and, and what he looks like, how can, how can he can be in your life. Uh, because as we continue forward, like we want to continue to reveal Different ways that the Holy Spirit works in your life. Now maybe you've had the Holy Spirit work in your life. Hopefully you have. If you haven't, I'll tell you what, it's it's possible you have, it's just you didn't recognize him as the Holy Spirit. And so what we want to do is we want to dive in that a little bit. So we're going to take a look in John chapter 14. So if you have your Bibles, open up John chapter 14. Uh, We'll be in 14, 15, 16, right in that range because Jesus starts to talk about the Holy Spirit. But let me give you a little bit of a background of what's going on. So when you get to John 14, uh, this is towards the end of John's gospel. So the last like seven chapters are really the culmination of Jesus in his ministry. He's he, he, you, you look at the Last Supper. You have Jesus washing the disciples' feet at the Last Supper. Uh, you have Jesus' crucifixion. And so, because all these things are unfolding, and it's and it's the end of Christ in his ministry, it, literally you have Jesus giving these final instructions. Because he, he realizes his time you know, before the crucifixion and, and the ascension to heaven, like he's got to tell his disciples the last few several things. Like, hey, just so you know, you need to know this. And so here's what he says, John chapter 14, starting in verse 16. He says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is this Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him, but you know him. Because he lives with you now and later will be in you. And so this is amazing. Like even Jesus himself is saying, you need the Holy Spirit. And so when when we see the Holy Spirit for who he is, he's not a force uh, in in the sense of like all, you know, movies and stuff. Like it's not this force that kind of moves. It's not an it. Uh, The Holy Spirit is not a he. he is a he. Uh, He is the the third person of the Trinity, and so in Scripture, Jesus describes him as an advocate. And what an advocate is, is that's like a counselor or a comforter, somebody who's there to be with you when you're going through troubles and and trials and struggles, so he's there to lead you and guide you. And so here's here's what Jesus also says in John 16, verse 7. He says, hey, it's best for you that I go away, because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. Now, this is really interesting to me because at this time, the disciples, they're following Jesus for three years. They've seen all the miracles. They, They know he's the Messiah. And he's going, hey, it's better for me to leave. I don't know about you, but if I was one of the disciples during that time, I would go, yeah, probably not, Jesus. I, I don't know why you would think that, but can't you just stay? Like, stay longer. You're still a young man. All these cool things are happening. Why don't you just hang out with us for a little while, a few more years or something like that? Wouldn't that be awesome? Like, Jesus, we can continue to follow you. and Because and, and, we like Jesus, don't we? We like Jesus as the Son of God and what he's doing. I mean, he, he, he makes great lunch. and So it just is amazing. But he's saying, hey, it's better, it's better that I go. Well, why? I mean, can't you just see yourself in that setting going, why? I I don't know if I agree, but please tell me why. Why why do you think this? Why is it better that you go? And here's, he gives the answer in verse 12. He says, there's so much more that I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will tell you what he has heard. And so there's so many things that Jesus still has to teach the disciples. But his time had come. His time to die had arrived. And that was his role. Every single one of us have a role. We have a role. We have a journey. We have a path that we're to walk on and follow after the Lord. Jesus' role was to come as the Lamb, as the Messiah, as the sacrifice for all humanity. That's what he was to do. But then when he does that and lays his life down, the Holy Spirit Has a role as well. He comes and he's a gift. So why? So that we could have the fullness. The full and complete measure of who God is. Yes, experience the salvation through Christ. And receive the Holy Spirit as a result of that. And live in God's presence. Through the outpouring of the Spirit. Through the, the Spirit of truth. Have truth in our life. Have power to do the things that God has for us. And so because I know that, it just it, it makes me want to teach that. It makes me want to preach it. It makes me want to say it out loud because I just wonder how many believers simply have the Holy Spirit lying dormant inside of them. And I wonder that about you as well because we receive the Holy Spirit upon salvation. But I wonder if we just leave him there. And not see him, not allow him to activate or or move powerfully or to experience him or to to learn more about him or communicate with him or allow him to use us. So Jesus sent the Holy Spirit so that he could be active in our lives every day single day so you have the, the first point i want to share with you we already touched on it a little bit it's the holy spirit is our comforter because jesus said in verse 16 i will ask the father and he will give you an advocate and so that's an encourager a comforter and so when we're hurting how do we find like just the comfort it's the holy spirit it's like he comes in like this warm blanket and draws us in draws us near what do we do when we're not sure what to do we cry out to god god give me wisdom give. and so what happens the holy spirit comes and he speaks to us, and he shows us things, and he, and he guides us when we don't know where to turn, when we're searching for answers. It's the Holy Spirit that's doing that in our life. Now, maybe you didn't give the Holy Spirit credit, or you didn't think he's active in your life before, but he absolutely is if you're willing to allow him to do that. And the reason we need him to do that is because we're going to face challenges. That's why Jesus says, hey, it's better for me to leave because when you face the challenges that you're going to, you're going to want the Holy Spirit there with you. So, you know, obviously for us as a church, um, we meet in a movie theater, portable church, been setting up. and, And so for us, you know, one of the things that we had as a goal with the lead team was to have a permanent facility. Uh, a place, a building, that uh, a structure that we could use as a resource uh, to continue to meet people, so uh, to meet needs in the community and, and reach people. And, and so about five years ago, uh, the, the board was meeting, and we're talking, and we're like, okay, wh- where are we going to go? We're you know, meeting in the movie theater. Things are going pretty good. We know where do we go. And, and so at that time, you know, we really felt like the Lord was leading us to purchase land, which is amazing, and, and, and to move towards building a new building. And But I got to tell you, I was really intimidated. Uh, Just just to be honest, I I don't know what things you've done and accomplished in your life, but oftentimes, you know, when God is leading me, he kind of throws this big thing out there, and I'm like, ooh, really? Really? That's what you want. and and I get intimidated. I get a little bit insecure in who I am because oftentimes they look at myself instead of recognizing that God can do anything through me. And so what happened is, you know, I'm, we're moving down this path, and 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 I started to get a little bit intimidated several years ago because uh, we were dealing with architects and engineers, and so I I didn't know a lot about that. I still don't know a lot about that. But I felt intimidated because I felt like I needed to know what it is to be an architect, to, to know what an architect is thinking and seeing, and, and that I could understand all the, the 4,000 pages of plans that they put in front of you. I, I needed to understand the engineering of the building. Like I, I felt like I needed that. I felt like I needed to know what a general contractor does. I needed to know, I needed to be a, a land clearing uh, just advisor or maybe an expert on what's to do and how to mitigate property and I needed to be a paralegal as we're working through all the documents and the contracts and man I'll tell you what I was extremely intimidated because I don't know much about any of that stuff and I'm scratching my head and you know oftentimes people will come they'll pat me on the shoulder like it's okay you don't need to know it all and I'm like but I want to understand I want to learn and there were plenty plenty of times When I would just kind of look at God I'm like, "I, I don't get this Why in the world would you move us down this direction When I have no clue about some of this stuff Now I've learned a lot Which is awesome, but I'll tell you what I was so unsure And every single time I don't know if you've experienced this before But every single time God reminded me of what he had done in my past He reminded me that he had brought me to this point in my life And he reassured me that he was leading me as I led the church. And he only does that through the Holy Spirit. Now, I, there probably have been times in your life where, where you're un, unsure in your job or work or your business yeah, as you're leading, as you, what you're doing. So I just, like as an encouragement to you, what the Holy Spirit does is he says, hey, remember, remember back when and you weren't so sure and, th- and like I was there, I was with you, I was leading you and I'm here right now. My presence, my power, my authority is with you now because where you're going you're going to need me. And so that, that even gives, gives me goosebumps saying it out loud, speaking that over you prophetically. Because no doubt in my mind, God is going to use you through the power of his spirit to do more things than you ever thought were possible. You might not know it all. You might not be able to figure it out. But he will. And he wants to. And I just, I just see amazing things that God wants to do through every single one of you in our community, in lives, in, in our friends' lives, and people that we know. One of the things I love to talk about is, is sharing our faith with other people. And I know so many people are really intimidated. Now, do you know that the Holy Spirit comforts us and enables us to talk to other people about, the Holy, uh, about Jesus? Do you know that? So a, a, few, uh, a month ago, several weeks ago, I introduced this concept about the circle of five. I don't know if you were here on that Sunday or you were watching online, but the circle of five. What, what I wanted you to do is I wanted you to identify five different people in your life that you feel like God has kind of put there for a reason and, and, and to talk to them maybe about Jesus or at least begin praying for them. It could be a friend, a family member. It could be your neighbor, somebody at work. And so I asked that, and I, just, I wonder how many of you kind of took that seriously. Because the reason we have the Holy Spirit, the reason we have Christ, is so that we can share it with other people. It, it, it's great that you're leading a business that's successful, and, and you know, you're making good income, you know, you're paying the bills, that kind of thing. But the, there's more to life than just that. And what it is is that the Holy Spirit would use us to impact other people and impact our community in a very powerful way. And so when you look at your circle of five, who are they? Have you been praying for them? And, and if this is a new concept to you, if you weren't here for that message or hadn't heard it before... Here it is. Five people, friends, family, don't know them, stranger, I I don't know, you know, your neighbor that you hadn't met yet. You begin praying for them and praying for an opportunity to bring them to church or tell them you go to church or talk about Jesus in some way. And, And so I just want to tell you like, it's okay to pray for your neighbors. In fact, it's the Holy Spirit that rises up inside of us and gives us comfort. When we pray with them even. Oh my gosh, imagine that. Like saying, hey man, I, I know that you're going into back surgery. Would it be okay if I prayed for you right now? I'll tell you what. I, I've prayed for a lot of people in my life. Never, ever have, has anyone ever refused prayer. Just, man, l- 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 can I just say a quick prayer for you? Because, and and here's why, here's why right now, you know, we need to hear that. It's because that's the Holy Spirit inside of us that gives us the ability to pray for other people. So he'll help you talk to them, give you some boldness. He'll help you pray with them. And he'll even give you the words to say, or sometimes just to listen to what they've got going on when they share their heart, when they share how they're they're grieving, when they share how they're depressed. Because here's the deal. There's a lot of people that are depressed right now they're hurt they're like painful hurting desperate they seem they seem like they've got it all together the front door looks great nice decorated even have their thanksgiving wreath up already behind that closed door you peel away a little bit there's just a lot of desperation in our community and the people we know the people that are close to you maybe even in your life right now and i've just I've talked to so many people that they're hurting, and they are longing for what you and I have. It's the, the power of, of Jesus and his salvation and the gift of the Holy Spirit that we can share with them. And I, I, I've been in ministry over 20 years, and I, so many of my friends and people that I've known in church, they, they'll, they'll, when I talk to them and I challenge them, because this is a challenge to you as the church, to be the church. To five people, that's it. I didn't even throw both hands up there. I didn't even say 10. I just said five, right? I could have thrown you know, two hands up there, but I'll talk to people and I'll challenge them. And if you respond, here, here's what you're going to tell me. Man, I had no idea. I had no idea that it was going to be like this or, or what to say, but it just, it just kind of happened. I just talked to them and, and I just encouraged them. And, and, and I don't know where, the, here's where this comes from. Are you ready? This is Luke 12, starting in verse 11. Very clearly, don't worry about how to defend yourself or what to say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what needs to be said. So he's our comforter, and he will communicate to us and through us. And the second thing that we've got to recognize, that he's our friend. Okay, this is so important because he's not weird. Okay, the Holy Spirit is not weird. We think the Holy Spirit is weird because we've seen some weird people talk about the Holy Spirit, but those people would be weird without the Holy Spirit. Just saying that. Just just saying, okay? I get it. I've been in church my whole life. Like I've seen some very interesting things. And people will come to me and they'll be like, man, I love Grace Church so much. I just I love it. There, there's something different about it, it feels different, and, and I tell them, I tell them, it's, it's because we have it, and all of a sudden, you can see their countenance just kind of drops, and they go, oh, no, you're weird, oh, you have it, what do you mean, no, I thought this was so good, I thought this was right, and, and you're being strange, Pastor, and I'm like, no, 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 please understand, like, we have it, and it is the Holy Spirit, and all of a sudden, they go, oh, Thank God, like I thought you were going to go kind of whoosh, you know, way off on me. And like we can be you know, amazing and powerful and rely upon the Holy Spirit and have the Spirit in our lives and in our church. And so one thing that I'm super glad about is our church has the culture of very loving and welcoming and accepting wherever you are in life, whatever it is that you come in with. And we're full of real people, like we've got issues and problems and that, that the Lord is working out in us every single day. And... We're the type of church that believes in the power of the Holy Spirit, unapologetically. I mean, I I feel as the lead pastor, it is very important for me to say we can be doctrinally sound and believe in the power of the Holy Spirit, to see him active and moving in our lives and in our community. Like, we don't have to have the Holy Spirit and be weird. Like, you don't have to be weird when you have that happening. You know, I just want to encourage you with that because you... Hopefully, if you came in with this kind of this presupposition of what the Holy Spirit is, I just want to encourage you, kind of bring that down a little bit. You don't need to be afraid of the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit is God. And so allow Him to move in our life. So the Father is God, the Son is God, and the Holy Spirit is God. It just seems strange to us, because we don't have a full understanding. But that's why we're talking about it, or maybe somebody... The, you know, they introduce the Holy Ghost, and you're going, oh, ghosts are I, I don't know what it is. So, so, he's our advocate, he's our counselor, he's our comforter, and he's our friend. The third thing that the Holy Spirit does is he leads us. And, the, and I want to share a verse with you in John 16, 8. Uh, it says, And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin, and God's righteousness, and the coming judgment. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. So, the thing that the Holy Spirit does is he brings us to understand Christ. And he leads us. And so what that is, is he's leading us to the Savior. He's leading us to himself. And so we feel that conviction. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is reminding us that we need a Savior. Even if you're somebody who's following Christ, the Holy Spirit will bring conviction in our life. Like, hey, maybe you shouldn't say that. Maybe you shouldn't think that. Maybe you shouldn't do that. Why does he do that? He's reminding us of our need for a Savior the need for forgiveness, the need for repentance. And then he exposes the fact that Satan is judged. It's already established. It's already determined. Satan's time will come to a close. And then he'll no longer have power because all power and authority has been given to Jesus and the Spirit. And so when we experience that movement of the Spirit in our life, we can have salvation and experience Christ. And he allows us to walk in forgiveness for our past, and to live a full, empowered life. It just sometimes it makes me sad when I see Christians that they're good with Jesus, and then they think that's it. They think it's all over. Like that, that's that must be it. Like I check the box. Jesus is my friend, you know. And like that. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like to me, that's just the beginning. I mean, I, I feel like the Holy Spirit enables us to have this dynamic, powerful relationship with God, and connection and influence with other people. I mean, so you have the whole the, 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 the Father is God, Jesus is God, and the Holy Spirit is God. So we have to recognize that. And so I just want to share with you, if you're one of those people where you are a little bit intimidated and you don't feel like you're being led by the Holy Spirit, I want to tell you, He's available, okay, if you want it. Is having Jesus enough? Absolutely. You can, you can experience salvation, you know, and and Jesus and like that's great. But I'll tell you what, if ever in your life you kind of looked at the your your scenario, your scene, your circumstances, and, and you thought to yourself, there's gotta be more. Like I, I love God, but but what if what if there's more? What if there's something else? That something else comes and is accomplished only through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so I just, I hope that you can kind of bring some of your fears down uh, of the Holy Spirit. Because I know sometimes it's challenging to explain him, and I get it. But I also think that we have handcuffed the Holy Spirit from moving in our life because we want to be in control. So let me challenge you a little bit more, if that's okay, uh, oftentimes in our life, we're trying to control our situation. We want to be safe, we want to be secure, and we want to know the outcome. And when you say, well, I, I'll do whatever the Holy Spirit wants me to do, all of a sudden, you feel very powerless. You go, oh my gosh, like what, I, I'm not in control anymore. What, what if he wants me to move to Africa and be a missionary? Maybe, or maybe not. I mean, why why is it that we go to this far extreme that the Holy Spirit's going to, you know, make us do something that that maybe we don't want to do? But well, what if he's going to make me pray in tongues? Maybe. Maybe not. But if tongues is a personal prayer language with God and it's a gift from God, isn't that kind of a good thing? It's just we don't understand it. We can't control it. And we want to so badly. And so I just... I want to encourage, like in order to walk in this fullness of God's glory, sometimes we have to let him do what he wants to do and recognize that his ways are above our ways and we're not going to understand everything and why. Hopefully you've had times like that in your life where you go, God, I don't know why you're doing this, but he does. He knows exactly why. And then maybe if we're lucky, we get to see why he did what he did. What if that now for you is the power of the Holy Spirit in your life moving in an active, dynamic way? Because, you know, when you, when you talk about tongues and stuff, I mean, and, and let, let me just read a verse about tongues because I know that's one of the things a lot of people get concerned about. In 1 Corinthians 14, too, it says, For if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to God, since people won't be able to understand you. You will be speaking by the power of the Holy Spirit, but it will all be mysterious. So there you go. You won't understand it, yes, but it is powerful, yes, and and it's it's directly to God. Is it a little bit strange? Yeah, because we can't make sense of it sometimes, but I'll tell you what. So the Holy Spirit's our comforter, he's our friend, he leads us, and he equips every single one of us differently in different ways. To do what? To do the work that God has assigned for us in our life. And so there may be certain things that are more difficult to understand, and I totally get that. But I'll tell you what, as we walk forward in this series, we're going to continue to unveil and peel away layers and continue to drill down deeper. So I want to encourage you not to miss. You know, this is kind of like an introductory type message, you know, laying some foundation, and we're going to continue to go there. So don't miss uh, what God has for you in talking about the Holy Spirit, because as your pastor, I believe that God has an incredible journey and path for you, and he wants to take you on that path and you're gonna need the Holy Spirit. So we want to be led by the Holy Spirit, it's just sometimes we don't know it. Now I hope that you realize it, that you want this. In fact, you know when, when you put your faith in Christ, it says that the, we receive the Holy Spirit, that's amazing. So what if we now allow him to, to lead in our life? And, and, and he probably has been, it's just you didn't give him credit. You didn't acknowledge it was him. Now maybe you can and you will. You know that voice inside of your head, that's the Holy Spirit. The conviction, the movement, the ability to do things that you go, wow, I, 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 solving projects as a team at work, where did that concept come from? Maybe, just maybe, the Holy Spirit speaking and moving in your life, you just didn't see it or recognize it. And so let me ask you, what's the Holy Spirit saying to you right now? He's active, he talks, he communicates. What's the Holy Spirit saying to you? And so for some of you, if you don't yet have faith in Jesus, that has to be the first step. But right now, maybe you're going, man, I, I need—I know that I need a Savior. I, I realize my life isn't headed in a direction that I'm excited about. And so what the Holy Spirit's doing, He's saying, its be, you need to have a connection with Christ. And so what I want to do is, is I want to introduce you to Christ. I want to do my responsibility and my role is to, 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 to lead you to this path to Christ to, to, so that you recognize you need him. Like you've got it. Like having Christ is first. That's paramount. That's, that's what has to take place in our life. And so if you're not yet following Christ or, or maybe in your life you, you just kind of have gone awry and things have, have gone sideways for you and you know you need to recommit your life back to Christ, that's exactly what we're going to do right now. And this, just, this is not a flippant decision. This is extremely important. It's a big deal. But what's been happening is the Holy Spirit's been drawing you in on purpose because there's amazing things for you. And so right now, maybe your heart's beating a little bit fast. Maybe you're going, ah, wait, like I feel like he's talking right to me. And so what it is, is God is speaking through me to you, but it's the Holy Spirit that's moving in your life. Maybe you have some goosebumps or you feel a little, you know, a little bit of heat. That's just the tangible presence of God where He comes in powerful ways and we need to just recognize it. It's not scary. It's not bad. It's actually amazing and it's very free. All the weight that you carry, the depression, the sadness, the loneliness, the guilt from your past decisions, you don't have to carry that. You don't have to have that weight on you. And so Jesus is coming right now and he wants to take that weight away and he just needs you to acknowledge him in your life. In scripture, in Romans, it actually says if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, that we will be saved, that our spirit will be reborn and have this supernatural connection with him. And I bet there's some of you that need that, whether you're here in the auditorium or you're watching online, so if everybody, if you could just go ahead and bow your head and close your eyes. I just want to pray. And if that's you, I want you to pray along with me right now. Just pray. Maybe it's a recommitment back to the Lord. Or just, maybe it's a release of the Holy Spirit. I, I don't know what it is for you, but may, pray with me right now. Maybe you just need to repeat the prayer that I'm praying. And so let's pray together. Just maybe say something like, God, I know I need you. God, I ask that you would come into my life God, I know that you sent your son, Jesus, for me. And so right now, I I acknowledge him as your son, as my savior, that he laid his life down and died and rose again. Thank you for showing that to me. And right now, I just, I acknowledge that I need you. Would you please forgive me of all the things that I've ever done? I've done some things that have been awful and I'm so ashamed of them. Would you please remove those from me? that I might be made right and whole and cleansed with you. Jesus, I put my faith in you. I believe in you. I want to follow you. All the days of my life, I make this deep, wholehearted, lifelong commitment to live for you and to honor you. And so, Father, we also ask that you would bring the Holy Spirit In our lives that we would be changed lord i pray right now that you would give us an outpouring of your holy spirit that he would rise up inside of us like a spring that bubbles this this living water that just is amazing to rise up inside of us and just be incredible and god that you would do what you want to do in our lives that we would be open to it willing Lord, that we would release control to you that you would pour out your spirit that we would move in powerful ways only because you are doing something amazing. Lord, I pray for conversations. I pray for intimacy and prayer. I pray for prayer for other people that we know and don't know. Lord, I pray for a movement. I pray for a boldness in our faith. Lord, right now we pray for our circle of five. Lord, I see their faces, my five. I see their faces right now. Lord, in this circle, Lord, just their names and their faces, I lift them up to you and ask that you would move. Lord, every single one of us, that you would move in them the same way that you moved in us, the power of your spirit would move in incredible ways, that you would bring change in our community for your glory, for your kingdom. Lord, in Jesus' name we pray, amen.